welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Matthias. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I are lost in a labyrinth of our own making, and uh, we need to start uh, drawing out a path to find our way out, um, but we just don't have enough practice with our hands. Mm-hmm. So we are going to issue a challenge. Each week we sit down. Our goal is to write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Mm-hmm. Exacto mundo. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. Doof, doof Media doof Production. Media production. It's almost Thanksgiving. Yes, the best holiday ever. Uh, <laughs> canceled this year, which is good. I, I hope that people... Hey, you know wait, what? Wait, wait. What do you mean it's canceled this year? <laughs> the the turkey's got the f- bird flu um <gasps> anyway you know what i'm surprised to not see a lot more marketing nowadays what? like i saw a lot of it like a good like six or more months ago or like last mm-hmm. year it was that um that google like facetime device I-, I don't know what to call it but it's what like the whole idea is you give it to your grandparents because they're too stupid yeah. to use technology like that's i mean that's what the marketing says even though i don't know how accurate that is and then you like it's just like a big screen so you could talk to them and they're like oh it's like you're it's like you're together and you can like cook together like a family you know that thing that was by google um if i remember correctly m- maybe not yeah cuz cuz i cuz i also re- remember seeing so many of those commercials and i kept laughing being like well <laughs> it's a good thing that they made old old people seem as dumb as fucking possible yeah but um i i like remember it like one being for like a like yeah higher end company but then the other one was like on par with like one of those like pay pay per minute phones what that you get from like fucking walmart like i i think there's like multiple items like that out there but i don't know i don't think any like good commercials have have really came out in quite some time probably because you know you can't really be on on site when there's possibility of getting covid so yeah i i don't know i i would have been i was expecting them to get a lot more attention nowadays than they did before um but like oh I, yeah because yeah, it seems like it seems like the time covid gear pack for that yeah exactly so uh, what is the what is the COVID nineteen starter pack? It's probably just like a lot of three phrases, paper. like with everything that's going on nowadays. You know, just like that plastered over like a t shirt, maybe. Um, <laughs> that it, it comes with a really big bottle of uh, water. It comes with a with a uh, shitty Android phone and a three G, not four. Okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, okay, let's let's get into the the stuff for this week. Um, uh, so uh, th- this week we we bring to you a a short short story by Jorge Luis Borges, uh, which is a mm-hmm. he's a South American um, fantastic author. Yeah, he's a magical realism author. He's kind of one of the the people that spearheaded that sort of idea. I don't think this specifically mm-hmm. qualifies as magical realism, or maybe it does. I I don't know. Um, I don't think that's the point of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this story is called the House of Asterion. I remember we we read it in one of my creative writing courses. Um, I don't remember why we wrote we read it, but it was. I mean, it's I'm, good. I'm I'm guessing it was just like one of those filler projects, right? Um, I don't know about that. They're they're pretty intentionally chosen. Uh, then again, mm-hmm. um, creative writing courses at my university were filler courses, so um, <laughs> it's just kind of everything. It, and they still are. They kind of still are. Okay, you know what? No, I take it back. The, the the courses are great. The major shouldn't exist. We don't. We shouldn't have that as a major. At least I don't know. I mean, I want to make sure that my hundred thousand dollars of of debt was put in the right the right place. I, I, I. Let's give you your your degree, and then you can leave, and then they can just cancel the program entirely please <laughs> or at least fucking redo it make it matter. yeah but, yeah it could be done um but that's a story uh, for another time uh i don't think i have anything else to say going into it uh, the, the thing that we're well, gonna be first we have to announce what this week's oh, words yeah. were which please. were skate pluck abundance and cathedral so really strong words this this week and i saw that a lot of people used uh cathedral 
which uh, definitely in informed a uh, lot of the stories for this week, and I'm really, uh, I'm really excited to get into that. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of Dark Souls three and and Bloodborne, which are very much like Gothic cathedral imagery. It's focused, nothing so... but cathedrals. <laughs> yeah, so I I know you were you were probably enjoying them for for that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about uh, this the story coming up, the House of Asterion, we're going to be talking about reveals. Um, that's the, the the challenge for this week. So um, pay attention to that as you listen to the story. Like mystery reveals, like the, the revealing of a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, get into it. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's pretty short. The story is The House of Asterion by Jorge Luis Borges. Um, from his story collection, Labyrinths, uh, from 1962. And the queen gave birth to a child who was called Asterion. Apollodorus, Bibliotheca M1. Which, that might be a Roman numeral, but anyway. I know they accuse me of arrogance, and perhaps of misanthropy, and perhaps of madness. Such accusations, for which I shall extract punishment in due time, are derisory. For it is true I never leave my house, but it is also true that its doors, whose number is infinite. Footnote. The original says 14, but there is ample reason to infer that, as used by Asterion, this numeral stands for infinite. Are open day and night to men and to animals as well. Anyone may enter. He will find there no female pomp nor gallant court formality, but he will find quiet and solitude. And he will also find a house like no other on the face of the earth. There are those who declare there is a similar one in Egypt, but they lie. Even my detractors admit there is not one single piece of furniture in the house. Another ridiculous falsehood has it that I, Asterion, am a prisoner. Shall I repeat that there are no locked doors? Shall I add that there are no locks? Besides, one afternoon I did step into the street. If I returned before night, I did so because of the the fear that the faces of the common people inspired in me, faces as discolored and flat as the palm of one's hand. The sun had already set, but the helpless crying of a child and the rude supplications of of the faithful told me I had been recognized. The people prayed, fled, prostrated themselves. Some climbed onto the stylobate of the Temple of Axes. Others gathered stones. One of them, I believe, hid himself beneath the sea. Not for nothing was my mother a queen. I cannot be confused with a populace, though my modesty might so desire. The fact is that I am unique. I am not interested in what one may, what one man may transmit to other men. Like the philosopher, I think that nothing is communicable by the art of writing. Bothersome and trivial details have no place in my spirit, which is prepared for all that is vast and grand. I have never retained the difference between one letter and another. A certain generous impatience has not permitted that I learn to read. Sometimes I deplore this, for the nights and days are long. Of course, I am not without distractions. Like the ram about to charge, I run through the stone galleries until I fall dizzy to the floor. I crouch in the shadow of a pool or around a corner and pretend I am being followed. There are roofs from which I let myself fall until I am bloody. At any time I can pretend to be asleep, with my eyes closed and my breathing heavy. Sometimes I really sleep. Sometimes the color of day has changed when I open my eyes. But of all the games, I prefer the one about the other Asterion. I pretend that he comes to visit me, and that I show him my house. With great obscience, I say to him, Now we shall return to the first intersection. Or, Now we shall come out into another courtyard. Or, I knew you would like the drain. Or, Now you will see a pool that was filled with sand. Or, You will soon see how the cellar branches out. Sometimes I make a mistake, and the two of us laugh heartily. Not only have I imagined these games, I have also meditated on the house. All the parts of the house are repeated many times. Any place is another place. 
There is no one pool, courtyard, drinking trough, manger, the mangers, drinking troughs, courtyards, pools are 14, infinite, in number. The house is the same size as the world, or rather, it is the world. However, by dint of exhausting the courtyards with pools and dusty grey stone galleries, I have reached the street and seen the temple of the axes and the sea. I did not understand this until a night vision revealed to me that the seas and temples are also fourteen, infinite, in number. Everything is repeated many times, fourteen times, but two things in the world seem to be only once. Above, the intricate sun. Below, Asterion. Perhaps I have created the stars and the sun and this enormous house, but I no longer remember. Every nine years, nine men enter the house so that I may deliver them all from evil. I hear their steps or their voices in the depths of the stone galleries, and I run joyfully to find them. The ceremony lasts a few minutes. They fall one after another, without my having to bloody my hands. They remain where they fell, and their bodies help distinguish one gallery from another. I do not know who they are, but I know that one of them prophesied, at the moment of his death, that some day my Redeemer would come. Since then, my loneliness does not pain me, because I know my Redeemer lives, and he will finally rise above the dust. If my ear could capture all the sounds of the world, I should hear his steps. I hope he will take me to a place with fewer galleries and fewer doors. What will my Redeemer be like? I ask myself. Will he be a bull or a man? Will he perhaps be a bull with the face of a man? Or will he be like me? The morning sun reverberated from the bronze sword. There was no longer even a vestige of blood. Would you believe it, Ariadne? said Theseus. The Minotaur scarcely defended himself. <clears throat> wow, so I really dig this this story. I mean, the voice in it is so strong, and it's a mixture of, like, aimless and light and very, very colorful, uh, to the point to where up until the ending, honestly, I had no clue what this reveal would really be. But as soon as we did get there, uh, and the pieces about the the nine years, the nine men coming in and dying instantly, and and of course the the very last line says it all. But yeah, overall, I mean, this reveal very very clearly colors the entire story. To where reading it back for a second time does really change how I am reading it. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot in here. It's not just about the reveal. There's a lot more to analyze in here, of course, by oh, any yeah, of course. great writer. Um, but focusing on that, um, there, there's a lot of clues in here. Like at the very beginning, in the first paragraph, we actually are told about how what happened when he went outside. Right, he saw all mm -hmm. these people, and they had faces flat, right, like the palm of his hand, and you just don't get what that means at all. Um, like you, you, you could take it literally, and you can kind of imagine like actually fat, flat faces. But for the yeah. most part, you just kind of tuck that away and we're like, "That's interesting. I hope I figure out what that means later." Um, but then you sort of realize at the end, right? If he has a head of a of a bull, of course he kind of thinks that normal faces are, are flat. super flat. Yeah. Like that's gotta look really weird. Um, and the story sort of meanders away from like trying to get you to figure out the mystery. You're not really supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, after that initial clue, uh, that's mostly just like a, a setup for the reveal. Um, and the rest of the story just talks about this this infinite house. There's there's 14 of most things, um, but it's it's infinite because it just repeats and they're all exactly the same, so yeah. they might as well be infinite. Um, and that's the, the labyrinth, which is another interesting connection. Yeah. And, um, and I also really like how this, how in the how in the middle of this story, it definitely does dwell on a lot of the motifs of like isolation and uh, lon and loneliness. How this Minotaur is imagining different uh, scenarios that I guess kind of quell this sort of aimless lone loneliness that he does live in to 
day day by day and i find that very 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 i find that very interesting within this telling of of this story uh when it comes to the pov that was being used um i mean in 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 every in in every other story about the minotaur in the uh in the labyrinth he's this giant monster that's a brute that is uh, just uh, aimless and is <clears throat> and is something that is pure evil that is being meant to be slashed and and defeated. But within this telling, it it almost really humanizes that 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 that, fig, uh, that figure. It uh, makes us sympathize with this this aimless beast that doesn't really have any purpose. Which I I really did love, and it and it's an angle that I never really thought I would see on this very classic story. Yeah, it makes him into this pitiable mm-hmm. figure that's Piteous just been fool. abandoned in this labyrinth without any anything to entertain them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think like the the sort of nonchalant way at the end that Theseus is just like, huh, it didn't, it barely defended itself. It just let me <laughs> yeah. kill it. And he's just like happy about it. Is I, I don't know if he's happy about it, but that's sort of what that implies to me. Yeah. Well, well what seems like definitely more, more shock than, uh, than anything yeah. that this great beast would go down without a fight, which, which turns it into sort of a more, a more tragic thing. Um, mm-hmm. that it, he just, it, yeah, it got slaughtered basically. Yeah. Honestly, it uh, it kind of felt like more a like a mercy killing, right? A little uh, bit, a little yeah. bit. I wonder, you know, obviously the the best solution is the one unseen by the story, which is just to let him go and to sort of <laughs> accept him in, in, a, in a in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back to to the reveal of it, so yeah. there's sort of so so in my mind, there's there's three parts to this. Um, mm-hmm. One is that initial setup. Right. And you can also count in some like other little minor clues. But the first thing is just something that like is you just don't understand. And you you acknowledge as you're reading it, you're like, huh, that is interesting. I don't know what that means. I yeah. hope to find out. So that's the introduction <laughs> of this sort of mystery. And you get some minor clues, but they're very, very minor. Right. Mm-hmm. You would have to have some wild guesses if you know that Asterion is the name of the Minotaur, then you've already got it, right? Yeah. But that's, that's it, you know, the, the mystery is not really for that, um, for, for the person that knows that. Um, but then you, ha- right at the end, you have some major clues dropped, right? Talking about how, um, it, will he a bu- be a bull or a man or a bull with a face or like me? Which really makes you, it, you know, following that train of thought, you're like, oh, head of a bull, body of a man, Right. And then immediately after you get that final reveal, of, like Theseus talking about the Minotaur and Ariadne, which is also not just like straight up telling you. There's still like a second of like, oh, that's he, Theseus is talking about the when he talks about the Minotaur. That's who we were we were talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, it really lets you just before you read that or when you're reading that, you be like, oh, I get it now. You you get that realization just before, right? Yeah. So you feel like you figured out the whole thing, um, even though it was basically spoon fed to you. Um, yeah. And I think what what really does make this reveal so in impactful is, as you said, those um, those breadcrumbs that we got leading up to it, and how none of them was sort of overstated. None of them took center stage, but they were sub subconsciously leading you towards this natural re re reveal and it doesn't really feel like the the story itself was keeping the secret from you mm-hmm. it was just waiting to to tell you it was it was waiting for for you to to get it which i really like that uh this yeah. th- this story isn't as you said spoon spoon feeding you everything it is treating you as a in as a intelligent reader in your ability to figure things out and i think that's that's what a key con component is when it comes to any story that has some sort of re re reveal it is leaving those breadcrumbs it is treating your your reader smarter than you might think and and basically letting them get it without having to tell them Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, some of the things that I that I think are notable about this, um, 
on uh, more what's going around the the setup of this little this little reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that you don't need to know what the reveal is to understand what's going on in the story, right? Like, yeah. There's some there's some stories that people write, and and my creative writing teacher would warn us against doing this, of like. You write a story, and then at the end, you find out that the whole time it was a dog talking, right? <laughs> it but, was a dream the whole time, or if, or it was a dream, and it, and it's like that makes it a lot harder to understand what happened. Mm-hmm. Like 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 if you need that reveal to understand what was going on in the story, like if if you're if you're talking about a story, if you're writing a story, and then you are led to believe that this is a human being, and at some point it talks about them, you know, walking on all fours, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm, I didn't what, what I don't understand and this is just like annoying and I'll have to go back and like recontextualize everything to make it like make sense in the first place um so don't don't make the the, the story rely upon that reveal um yeah. the reveal like like makes you like understand the, the deeper meanings and and the you know the, the greater picture maybe but like at every moment in this story you understood well, I mean, what he was talking about. He's talking about this this endless room rooms, um, and how he feels about that, and that he's clearly like deformed or something, and that's that's the important stuff that you need to know. Yeah, yeah. It um it it almost feels like this this story is telling two different stories, in a sense. It it is telling what this endless maze really looks like, how it does make one who is stuck there feel. While at, while at the same time telling the telling the narrator's story, and it's it's done really well and it's woven to to together perfectly. Hence why we are we are really talking about it so so much, and hence why the reveal really hits so so hard. I would challenge uh, I would challenge people that are listening to this podcast and that did listen to. Uh, your reading of it to go back and and read the story for a second time because at least for for me it did change how I read it and and I was able to to pick up on those bread uh, I was able to pick up on those breadcrumbs more so and I think this story definitely needs a second read to fully I guess appreciate it mm-hmm yeah and there's some other stuff about it that that i think are, are extremely subtle that yeah. also help you just get more of a feeling for it like just the fact that the minotaur is both like you know uh he kind of thinks very highly of himself right that yeah. he's a very special person but also is you know a bit simpler and and you can kind of tell that he's kind of like putting on a show of being this this royal sort of thing um because he doesn't, he don't, he's just playing pretend, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like you can kind of picture, like he's kind of doing the 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 pretending with Asterion with this story too, sort of, mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, now I will tell you the story of my life, and except it's like, who is he talking to? No one, really. And it's funny because, like, as you said, it feels like he's putting on a a show, but at the same time, all of it feels kind of childish, right? It it feels like. As you said, he's he's very simple, but if it 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 reminds me of a lot of the ad ad a lot of the adventures I would have with with my little cousin, where every single last thing is grand, every single last thing is is important, uh, but at the same time, it all feels like the exact same thing. So I don't know. I just really love how this how this minotaur is being is being characterized here mm-hmm. mm. um okay i think that's what we have on this story if you have any other analysis of of the house of a or any, anything else you want to talk about it um to, to, to say about it go ahead and, and let us know definitely definitely but it's time to move on to our listener submitted story sections as you know we are going to spoil all of these stories so wait for us to announce them then pause, go read them, and then come back so you can hear us talk about them. That's right. So who are we reading this week, Jarvis? I'm so happy you asked. The stories we are going to be reading this week are by Haunt of the Heron, Matt Said Words, No Goodbye, Blood, Bloodthirsty Panda, and Sarah Penguin. 
Uh, that's right. So thanks to you all for, for writing and, and go read those stories before you listen to us talk about them. Exactly. So up first is by Haunt of the Heron with Cut Your Losses. Which I think also is like the first line yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this, this story is really interesting. We have a, a, a character uh, chained and going to, to the Cathedral of the Shrike. Uh, <laughs> so for those who don't know, Shrikes are this kind of bird um, that... They capture prey, uh, and then they impale them on the thorns of mm. uh, other uh, of plants. Um, so usually, like places where there's like cactuses or or, or other kinds of things. Uh, but the, you know, they'll, they'll grab a grasshopper and impale it on the, the 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 spike of the cactus so that they can eat it later. Is is how I understand it. Um, which is a pretty brutal way to uh, to do your hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Double kill. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it, it, in this one, uh, so they're, they're, they're chained and they're approaching the cathedral of the Shrike with a Shrike angel who is, um, uh, standing one-legged atop the, the spire of the, of the cathedral. Um, and it has three heads, a, a wolf, a man, an executioner, a, a wolf, a man, a Shrike, which is the ju- inquisitor, judge, and executioner. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, uh, the Shrike head is the one that's looking at uh our our main character um and all around there are people uh other prisoners impaled upon spikes uh undying just tortured uh some still screaming some some have given up and they can't even do anything except just hold themselves in place um now which is pretty horrible <laughs> so our our uh, the, the the challenge for this week was spectacle and mm-hmm. i think there's a really big spectacle of all this 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 horrible um you know these people impale on the, on the spikes, and in the background, there's this red palace that has been burned to to the ground, uh, and we can see that there's there's fire spreading elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. We basically get that this main character was um, the chancellor, and basically instated a, a, a coup to overthrow the the king, and now there's a civil war, and they were captured, and they're being brought um, to face the commander of of the Lord Commander, um, who is trying to be crowned queen, um, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have a conversation, and the, the Lord Commander basically says, hey, um, join me, a, we will fight the Civil War, and I will be queen by the end, um, and you will help me. And uh, it was your fault for for trusting me. And she's, like, lying a little bit, because she, actually she is just as, like, complicit as, as um, our main character. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, goes on anyway uh but so our, our maker has to decide and, and at one moment they s- decide that they're going to sacrifice themselves for the good of the kingdom because that's why mm-hmm. they did this this coup in the first place and they confess to the shrike that they that they want to confess their sins um and uh the implication that by confessing their sins they're also going to implicate uh the lord commander and uh she's going to get hunted down by this uh shrike angel mm. um Although there's going to be some, she, he, our main character is going to be impaled upon a spike for a very long time. I have no idea how long, but a very, oh. very long time. <laughs> Up until he dies. Yeah, and maybe the Lord Commander is going to join them because uh, the 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 wolf will the the wolf head will basically hunt them down eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty bloody <laughs> story, but <laughs> I I really really love the imagery. I I like this idea of a Shrike Angel a lot, um, and I think it's super super cool. Yeah, I, this... I, I think it nails the the spectacle thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean this this story is a uh, ripe with with place. I mean I just really wanted to, like, just be lost in this sort of like bloody, uh, post war warscape f- uh, forever because it was so uh e e e evocative of like the 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 place of it the sights the 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 smells and yeah i think this story did a fantastic job at making a scene that is filled with with this sort of chaos while also staying very focused on the purpose of uh of like writing this i mean never was was there a, a was there a a point where I thought we were meandering you know it just kept pushing forward and I and I really did did like that because I know when you are kind of creating this sort of scape this sort of this sort of spectacle it is hard to 
to figure to figure out what is the purpose why are we going forward but yeah this this story did a great job of um of not only giving me great imagery but also uh giving me a a very solid story that i definitely wanted to know more about so great job yeah absolutely um i yeah i really like this idea of the shrike angel uh one very minor thing is maybe um telling us that the shrike is a is a bird right because uh some people don't know what a what a shrike is and just like you know mentioning feathers or something Mm -hmm. of the sort i think would be enough of just like making us fully like when it says a a shrike's head i knew that a shrike is a bird but also i don't know what the shrike like the bird looks like Mm -hmm. um and even less so if i didn't know what a shrike was right like yeah just just the the very bare minimum of like you know the what color feathers that kind of thing or a beak or something to signal to us oh this is this is what it looks like yeah definitely but fantastic job haunt of the heron and next up is is by matt said words with heat emanates and life fleets um so thanks for joining us matt uh Mm -hmm. who said that they joined us because of the kingslingers podcast we really appreciate that (laughs) um and we hope that you uh you write for the challenge by the way there's a challenge you should probably say that a little bit more often uh a contest (laughs) um that we're doing right now um so yeah thanks for joining us um so uh here there is a a fire um pursuing our, our our main character this man um, as uh, people all around are running and our, our main character is a little confused and dazed. Um, and uh, he is trying to, to run. That there's the, the, the fire's right behind him. There's this dog also running. Um, but then there's some sort of like explosion or, or some other, you know, conflagration and they fall down. And we can really feel like how difficult it is to, to move and make sense of the scene um, through the the prose without actually just being told um we we could just feel it um but he gets to this uh cathedral uh is able to sort of break in um and close it behind him and then he blocks a door behind him and people start asking and begging to get in but he doesn't open it Mm -hmm. um and the only other person there is uh his his father um or maybe like the father of the church um i that makes more sense yeah, but they also I, says father I, uh, think and son. I think it's the father of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they clearly do have actually like a, a clear connection otherwise. So so the father is is just praying. Um and uh, says that the, they should open the doors, um, but it doesn't actually go to open them himself, and mm-hmm. the 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 man says, No, I I'm not gonna do that. We should go to the basement. Um and uh, the people outside uh are are they they stop begging to get let in and then they just scream and then there's smoke at the door so we get that the, the fire got to them too um finally they uh, he he goes down to the basement um where there's a ton of supplies there uh, canned food and and water and plenty of things but almost immediately um there's an explosion of 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 fire that boils everything and and burns everything um and uh, the place collapses around him. And as he wakes up, um, he is burned all over. It's it's kind of seems to me like a, a final punishment. Um, and he's going to like die in, in pain, pinned in place by these rocks, um, hearing the voice of um, his father saying, we should open the doors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I really dug this this story. I mean, right out the uh, gate it just it just hit the uh, ground running and i love the chaos within the um be beginning and it's really doing a really great job of setting the the stage and uh creating this this tension and basically letting us know the the fear that this main character is in uh and then as it goes, it just continues to get sadder and uh, sadder as this sense of as a sense of hopelessness kind of buds up, and I really do do like it. I mean, it it has a solid tone throughout, and I think the the tension just just continues to build and build and and build, and 
at the very end, uh, one major question that was really left with me is what is outside? Because never is it really uh, uh, alluded to. So honestly, I I think the story is really effective. I mean, it it grabs us in the be, beginning and and we're just running with it through this very through this very chaotic world of fire. And I really really loved it. So great job. Um, yeah, I think the the chaos chaos is very well executed. Um, I think just a, like slightly more detail uh, after that initial confusion could could be put in just a little bit um, of like what like is the cause of the fire that kind of thing, but it's also not entirely necessary. Um, and one other thing of like why the father himself is not opening the door, mm-hmm. um, and. But that was just like a minor little plot thing that I was I was trying to get. But it, I understand this was written in, in thirty minutes, and just sometimes you just want something to happen, and you don't necessarily have all the the backing of like why and, yeah. and everything. Um, but I mean this this story I I think really does lend itself to be longer. So I mean if if you do choose to go back and uh, work on this this story, I think it would be a, a pretty solid task because this this story is a really great template for something that that uh could be greater and and that can ask a lot of questions so yeah i, I really did lo- love it but really great job mm-hmm. okay. um yeah let's get to the next story sure and up next is by no goodbye with first titan uh yeah so uh the that that first line the 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 title can kind of give you a hint as to what's to come mm-hmm. so um we get what we, uh, and this little tiny twist here, we get what we think is the, the first Titan right at the beginning, a uh, grand finale, uh, this event where this uh, sort of gigantic angel with a thousand arms and a hundred wing- wings, um, uh, the sky splits and it comes down and it starts just, after three days, um, just <laughs> starts to um, scour the world, uh, one place at a time. First, this one town... Um, where uh, these these uh, cracks um, form from the sky and then thunder spews out and um, sort of just like disintegrates and it evaporates anything it, they they touch, um, and then um, the the people that had come to fight it from from the the capital uh, the army um, they immediately like turn tail and run because there's nothing they can do to fight this giant monster mm-hmm. and this uh, finale um, starts just. Sp- starts walking and just destroying everything it makes a bunch of screaming noises that that just drive you to madness even before it gets close and there's kind of no escape or way to fight it um and then there's uh this is kind of a sort of historical writing and, and we have this one um like journal writing about how uh they don't know you know what the cause of this thing is it the rapture is it something else no it just seems like com- completely hopeless it seems to be just like a negative bad thing just the end of the world basically um mm-hmm. and then finally eventually uh, on the 13th day uh, <laughs> a man of clockwork and pistons erupts from a hill and uh, goes to fight the monster it too is giant with head, its head above the clouds and it fights with the finale um but it, it it's much stronger um than finale it it even though it doesn't have a hundred arms, those hundred arms of the finale uh, break like ceramic, um, not like the metal. And so during the fight, it's like damaged, but still standing and uh, destroys it. And it still stands today. And it's called the first Titan. So here we, we get, oh, so that other thing wasn't the Titan. The Titans are the good good things only. Mm-hmm. And um, more monsters have, have come from the skies. Uh, some even worse than finale, the first one. Uh, but each time uh, other Titans appear, and to defend so this is the age of titans and now it's the fi- fastest um that people have or that humans have grown since the discovery of fire as we're trying to understand its technology and things like that by studying the titans and we don't know what created them um but they were created and so that sort of provides hope that we can understand where they came from mm-hmm. um and even though these giant monsters came from places that we don't understand yeah, so I I really did did dig this one. Um, throughout, there was this really strong sense of um, hopelessness that that followed throughout, 
And I mean, this this story did do a really great job at setting up a spectacle. I mean, I was enamored by these giant beings basically fighting, and it uh, and it reminded me of like a pa, a Pacific Rim type, uh, with with uh, kaiju's being punched in the face by giant <laughs> giant mechs. Um, but you know, this, this did have a very strong dire tone and it had like a, a, a very slight love craftian motif. So, I mean, overall, I just really, really, really liked it. And I liked a lot of the voice that was, that was being used here and the imagery perfectly painted this grandiose picture to me. So great, great job. Yeah. Um, I found it really, it, it was a really good spectacle. Um, and uh, I always love giant monsters fighting. Yes. Um, and um, like, as you said, yeah, the, the hopelessness of, of this first monster appearing, it, it really feels apparent. And you kind of get the feeling, oh, this, this, is, this is the whole story. There is no hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it turns out there is. And it's a satisfying reveal. Um, it bursting out of the hills, it, it quickly faces off against the monster. Um, it satisfyingly does so. Um, so I think that was, uh, yeah, it was really, really well done. And I, I lo- <laughs> yeah, I love giant monsters. I hope more people write about giant monsters and, uh, giant robots fighting them. Yes. Honestly, we just need a good sequel to Pacific Rim. Yeah. If only someone would do a sequel to Pacific Rim, that would be really cool. I mean, we did get one, but that was God awful, but we need, no, we a didn't. Th- mm- <laughs> you're right. Sorry. We uh, didn't. So Thank I you. think. If if they got someone good on, I mean, it's easy. Have the robot have weight and punch the thing in the face. That's all I want. Nothing mm-hmm. more. I guess I have to do it myself. <laughs> but they should do a they should do Pacific Rim, but set in fantasy. I think that would be cool. Ooh, okay. You know what, you know what I want to see? I want to so see a like giant, giant golems? wizard. No, a, a giant, giant wizard. <laughs> A, a giant wizard with the robe. 80 the foot hat. tall wizard. And, you know, he has to be really fucking old to where he's like hunched over. Making you know, maybe, cast giant fireballs. Yes, but it's it is also a robot. It's a giant robot wizard. Giant robot wizard. That sounds and like that's, a fucking that's the name. name. Yeah, that's the name of the movie. It's going to be called Giant Robot Ooh. Wizard. G-R-W. Groof. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Up up next is by blood no, up next is by bloodthirsty panda with the rain gives way um i think that's also just the first line but we're gonna call it that anyway mm-hmm. <clears throat> i mean hey that title does fit the overall story yes so it is um uh it, it's raining uh, as this traveler has been uh, traveling and and we really understand of like how far and how arduous their their journey has been um, their their clothing is tattered. Their their, clo- their their shoes are worn down. He hasn't eaten good food in a long time. He hasn't gone to. He hasn't stayed in a, a proper inn for a long time. Usually just camping outside, um, traveling hundreds of miles uh, over countless days, all because he he wants to reach this cathedral um, that uh, he um, just really really wants to see. This is this is his, uh, the object of his desire, and it's been talked up and up as he's gone. Whitewashed walls gleaming in the sun. Spires of gold, taller than any ancient tree, reaching for the sky, um, piercing the clouds and called foggy days. Windows dressed in every color. Um, and he's just, uh, he can't wait to, he, he, he just really, really wants to get to this place so he can go and obtain the goddess's blessing. Um, and finally, he gets there. Um, except it's not what he expected. It's actually a ruined cathedral. There's no whitewashed walls. There's no golden spires. There's no rainbow paneled windows. And instead, there is basically a, a skeleton of, of wood and crumbling stone. And he's so disappointed that he turns to leave basically immediately. But then he sees some some pink there, some, some color. And he travels to go down there. He opens the doors, which open easily, to find beautiful flowers uh, on, along the, the ground. Um... So some sort of, of redemption there. And it's uh, beautiful, more more beautiful than any flowers he's ever seen. Um, and finally, he picks one before he, he leaves. Um, and I thought that was a really great uh, fulfillment of this this promise, of this mm-hmm. this wonderful place. It's sort of like, 
what you may get at the end of your journey um, is not what you expected, but it's beautiful in its own way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this this story reminded me a lot of the 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 road. This sort of this sort of this sort of pilgrimage through the badlands that are riddled with darkness and and d and despair. And I think this this story did a great job of of bringing over that tone. And uh, yeah, just basically out basically outlining this this journey, which as you said, has a has a ending that is unexpected, but does make perfect sense. Um, and yeah, I I really did like this this sort of this sort of takeaway at at the end to where what you want from your journey uh, you may not get, but the but the point of the journey is the is the destination and and you will get some sort of reward for the journey itself so i mean overall this this story does a fantastic job at at holding you throughout at taking you through this this sort of world and i really did like it so great great job um yeah did you just say though that that the point of the journey is the destination i mean that's that's one of the points of of the journey. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the only saying about journeys is that the journey that the, the is is the point, not not the destination. That is true, but if we're gonna be honest, uh, <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> the point of the journey is where you're gonna be, like why uh, why you're going. Yes, you were gonna take great things. Uh, away from the journey i mean the best the best part of a of a road trip is the drive there right Mm -hmm. but you won't think about that in the moment in the moment the purpose is where you you you're going hind hind hindsight has turned the the journey yeah in into the most important part but but while while you're in there getting there is the point well, well, yeah, but that's the point of the saying, so that you don't, so, because the natural thing is to think about the destination rather than the journey, but the journey is the important part of, uh, like, learning things and, and improving yourself. Yeah, so so it is both, how I see. Both, both parts uh, are okay. important, but getting there is where your mind's going to be the entire time. At least that's what I, I feel found. like that's the opposite of what that means, but it's okay. Um it's just if that said, if um uh if Bloodthirsty Panda wanted to change the meaning of uh, uh <laughs> to, to 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 reflect the 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 you know journey before the destination kind of um you know it's a normal theme, but it's an important one. Um you know this arduous journey. I feel like uh, it, it feels like you know they could have learned something. It, it cost them something great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of effort and time, um, but they probably got stronger because of it and things like that. And um, I don't know. Maybe there's sort of an implication of like getting to this place is how you earn the goddess's blessing. Mm. Maybe true. Um, and maybe there's there's plenty of ways that that could be executed. Maybe something about how. The goddess's blessing lets you appreciate, you know, um, beautiful things. It lets you see things, beautiful things everywhere or something like that. And so he sees this beautiful flower and that's kind of the implication of it, like working or anything else. Um, I, I like the implication that, that he does get the, the goddess's blessing in the mm-hmm. end. I just don't know what that really means um, yeah. for his case. But I think it's a beautiful story. I, I really like that imagery. I, I mean, I love the aesthetic of a ruined <laughs> cathedral with uh, with flowers growing in it. That's beautiful. Yes. So, very, yeah, I really like that. Very Dark Soulsy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But all right. Our final story for this week aw, is, Sarah, is by <laughs> Sarah Penguin with Weight of the World. Strong time. Um, yeah, so this is a pretty dark story to, to finish on. <laughs> um, our main character, she's uh, walking through um, a, a broken city of um, stones and broken glass. Um, while it, there's a winter chill, there's um, it's it's super dark, even though the sun is high in the sky um, and it's cold. Um, and her hands are full. She's carrying something, um, although we don't really know what. 
And uh, as she walks, we see various horrible images, um, a row of people on the floor, hands bound in sacks over the head, dead, uh, every three feet along the wall, a stain of red, sort of implying that there's been these executions. Um, there's an abundance of flies and maggots. Um, she hasn't eaten in days, in many, many days, actually. Um, and uh, the thing that she's carrying is heavier than it than it was, heavy, lighter than it should be. And, and heavier. I, I think the phrase here actually, let, let me just read it out. Um, hmm. This made the weight that she carried carried heavier than it was. It was also lighter than it should be. The heaviest thing she would ever carry, which is the really, it's confusing in a really great way um, that gives you all of the emotional significance without actually telling you what it is. So you, we have this some reveal here too. Um, and there's, there's more imagery. We see this uh, five-headed snake uh, drawn a couple times. Um... Our main character starts to sort of think in in rhyme a little bit. Easier to catch a bird as it plucks an eye than it is to pluck one from the sky. Um, and uh, some other things like that. Um, it seems like there was some, some you know, calamitous event recently that everyone has, like, fled. Um, a lot of people have, like, killed themselves. There, there was, like, writing that burned down, like, the, the rich people's houses. A lot of really horrible stuff. But anyway, we get to this one place where there's a lot of people with these this five-headed snake. Um, uh, and, and sort of like soldiers and some people that are that are medical um, people that have red crosses on armbands, right? Um, there's something about Zuru. Children of Zuru are the ones with the five-headed snake branded on their faces. And we're kind of unclear. Like, are these the people that cause all this, or are these people fighting against those people? It's it's hard to to understand. But that's kind of the the point of this. Um, but eventually they they approach her, um, to sort of take care of her, and um, they take away the thing that she was holding, and she screams and 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 fights them and sobs. Um, she um is extremely upset that this this was taken from her. Um, her world had been taken, but the weight remained hers to carry. We sort of get the implication, though it's never said that the thing that she was carrying was probably like her sister's body or or her daughter's body or something like that, um, a child's body. Um, and this soldier took it away from her, but they were already gone. The world had already been taken away from her. And um, yeah, I think it's really well executed that this this <laughs> extremely dark, dark world is... Uh, um, that our, our our character has to to walk through and um just barely survive in after having lost everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> this this story was very e- effective. I know that Sarah Penguin said that this is one of the darkest stories that they have ever written, and I think going to that place, Sarah Penguin, and really dwelling in that darkness worked very well for this story. I mean right out of the gate i i knew that this world is not going to have a happy ending that that it's it's towards the end that the that the world that we know is is gone and all that remains is this sort of badlands uh and i really do love this this sort of journey that's this main character is is taking and how much time is is really given to illustrate this spectacle and just how how palpable all of the imagery really is and it really does color this this story while also slowing the 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 pacing to the point to where it's slow and somber which i really did love from from this story and yeah i mean overall this story is e- effective and it, and it took me on this this path that I just found myself really loving by by the end be because of how dire it is because of how much how much hopelessness has sort of wrapped this 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 world because of the 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 darkness and I really did love it for that reason so great great job yeah absolutely mm-hmm. well all right those were all of our stories for this week we wish we can talk about all of them but hey we can't so, we do want to say a good old do the right thing thank you to everyone who did submit their story this week. So, thank you very much to Haunt of the Heron. Thank you to Matt Said Words, thank who's you, a no- first-time writer. Yes, first time. Thank you so much for uh, writing in. And uh, thank you to No Goodbye. 
Thank you to Bloodthirsty Panda. And thank you, Sarah Penguin. Thank you so much for submitting your story for this week. And we also want to say thank you to all those who left two or more comments. Leaving comments not only helps you understand more about your own writing, but you are but you are providing someone else with crucial feed with crucial feedback, which is which is essential for making us all better writers. So thank you very much to Haunt of the Heron. And and Matt said words. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, y'all are fantastic. And I, I saw some other single comments everywhere. Uh, don't forget that your your chance of getting selected every week goes up when you leave a second comment. Also, it's just just good overall for yourself and for other people. Um, so yeah, consider writing a, a review of someone else's stuff or or writing some more stuff on your own or or anything else. Please do. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to Do the Right Thing, you can do that by going to Reddit slash r slash Do the Right Thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three of four words from that week. Um, that's right. Uh, if you don't have a Reddit account or you just want to let us know uh, what's going on in your writing life or whatever else, um, or if you've um, written a story and sent it somewhere or something like that, let us know and 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 um, maybe um, yeah, just let let us know what you did so we we can celebrate that. Um, uh, you can send us an email at writethinkcast at gmail or you could DM us on Twitter or something like that, which is at writethinkcast. Mm-hmm. If you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do that by go by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. At the five dollar level, you will get you'll get access to our super fun Doof and Chills. And at the ten dollar level, you will get access to bonus content, including uh, me and Matthias's side podcast, Doofovers, <laughs> where we talk about anime uh, and anything else that we want to do over yeah we have to uh to, to pick the one for for this month um if the 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 most recent doof intro was actually just last week mm-hmm. uh we had a really good time it was um uh most of the the, the doof cast including clarence we uh sat down and and all we voice acted a, a spec script of the oc um <laughs> which is a a it was a pretty humorous humorous episode of the OC, um, and we all did great voices and, and, and everything. Uh, Matt had a very distinctive voice for his um, uh, for his character, and um, yeah, it was re- it was a really really good time. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, that's on our, our uh, on the Patreon if you if you want to check that out if you haven't and you're a patron. Um, and there's always a, there's another one next month which we haven't quite decided yet, but we know that we're gonna have a really good time with it. Nice, nice. So Matthias, what is happening in Doof Media right now? Uh, plenty. So, uh, funding our Patreon does uh, a lot of things. Um, it lets us do a, a lot of uh, fun projects. One of which is actually the Do the Doof the Right Thing contest, uh, <gasps> which is uh, going on now. Um, so we we announced that last week. I know a little bit messily. Let me let me get more of the the the, the details. So, um, last one was about a year ago. We meant to do it four times a year. We kind of uh, fell off about that, but here we here we have one again. So, um, as we said, today begins, or last week, began the, uh, the Doof the Right Thing Short Fiction Contest, uh, which is funded by, by Doof Patrons. Um, so it's a really great way to, to just give yourself an excuse to, uh, edit something that you wrote. Um, and, um, so, uh, for it, you, the only, the only rules is that you have to include at least three words from one of the, uh, one of the prompts from, um, a, a couple of months ago, which is, uh, September 6th. That's, that's the first, um, uh, day um, for for the do the right thing words um, through December sixth. So any words from from then to then, um, uh, so you you don't have to have originally written a response to it. You can write one now, um, or you can just write one for for any of the prompts between now and the due date. Um, so you can edit it as much as you want. Uh, it just has to be below two thousand words in length because uh, it's voted on by um, by Doof patrons. So we just want to make sure that people actually, you know, get like <laughs> can read it and have have uh, um, don't get too bogged down with uh, with with having to read it, you know, a billion words and things that kind of thing. Um, uh, the the final due date is December fourteenth. 
Um, you just have to send it to doofmedia at gmail.com, including do the right thing contest number two in the subject he header. Uh, ideally, DTWT contest number two. Um, that way we can all, we can search it and find them all in the same, same search. Um, and only one story per writer. Um, however, you're free to, to edit as many more as you, as you would like. Um, so after those are, are sent in, the, the patrons will vote uh, on them and the top three will get cash prizes as well as some honorable mentions getting honored as well. Nice. Um, the, the first prize gets $100, the second one gets $75, and the third receives $25. So um, the, the, the stakes are not that low. <laughs> Um, so yeah, consider sending a story in for uh, the contest. Of course, there's plenty of other things going on in Doof Media. You can go and check out the most recent things at uh, doofmedia.com. There's a calendar on there, actually, so you can see uh, all the episodes coming up. Is it time to announce next week's words, Matthias? Uh, yeah, that's right. Cool. Um, can I? What and uh, keeping in mind that we are going to be talking about reveals. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the story that we're going to be reading next week. So the story we are we are going to be reading next week is the cast of uh, Montiato by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, so we're coming back with a Poe with a another short story. This one I think is a little bit more emblematic of what he can actually do. Yes, a lot of people have read the story. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I personally think that that last story was some of his best work, maybe even his magnum opus. So 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 I don't know if if this story is really going to mess her up, but we'll we'll have to see. <laughs> okay sure uh what are the words next for for next week so the words for next week are pawn secular bronze and trustee really really great great words for this week it's not really bringing any story to to mind but i can definitely see uh our audience making good use of this week's words um, yeah, so a pawn, uh, there's there's two primary meanings. One is a pawn as in like a chessboard, mm -hmm. right? The, the most sacrificial uh, piece in in the game, um, the easiest to sacrifice. So it can also be used as a metaphor. Um, someone else can be a pawn, you know, just a tool in someone else's game. <laughs> or uh, to pawn something, which mm -hmm. is to... Wait, yeah, at a pawn shop, which is basically what you you sell something, but only like temporarily. Yeah, I don't fully understand. It's pawning. a uh, it's a <clears throat> partial sell where if you don't uh, go uh, go back and uh, repay the money, they will keep it forever. You know, like a loan shark, and then sell it, and then sell it for outrageous prices. Right. Um. Or you could even write about Pawn Stars, <laughs> a hit hit reality TV show. That's still going uh, the on. The next word, um, secular, which is something for it to be not religious. Mm -hmm. um, uh, bronze, as in the the color or the metal, um, and uh, trustee, which is a uh, someone who is who uh, trusts someone else. I think basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, so a, a trustee of a of an organization basically has invested inside in into the the, the corporation mm -hmm. and receives benefits because of it. Nice. So, Matthias, what story are you gonna fathom for next week? Um, <laughs> uh, keeping in mind that we're working on reveals, although I'm not probably not gonna do one right now. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna be talking about the story of a uh, an ancient Greek hero with his trusty bronze sword. It's it's not that kind of trust. It's trusty <laughs> with two e's, mm. not trust trust e e. Trusty, um, but we're gonna do it anyway. Trusty bronze sword. Um, as he goes around adventuring, and see, he's actually a secular hero, so he doesn't actually belong to any particular god or goddess. Um, and uh, he's he's a true neutral uh, Greek hero, um, which means no one favors him and everyone curses him, which is um. It, not, not super great and so he's going around um and uh, you know he's a proponent of secularism so he's trying to kill as many gods as possible um except it's actually turns out he's all it's all been a pawn in hades game because when the <gasps> gods die they go to the underworld and they just become one of his dudes anyway and so he's just going more and more powerful however it all backfires when um our 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 secular hero goes down and, and kills him too and um now um from now on uh when people die instead of going to the underworld they just cease to exist and um so um that yeah it kind of sucks honestly that he did that i don't i it's, it's a real big bummer <laughs> um so this is too bad i guess <laughs> 
That's pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so my story for for next week takes place in the far off uh, takes place in the far far future in the year 2021 in the galaxy far far away on the bronze covered planet of Simotel Onyx Vecca 59 where there is a war raging like no one has ever seen it is almost like the planet itself is a giant chessboard where pawns die quickly knights see no action and the king sits up in his wary tower with his with his trustees also known as spies for the rival nation and this king wants nothing needs nothing in in fact his entire rule all of the money and the beautiful foods and fruits that they bring back from the battlefield is all a precipitant of the spoils of war because you see the the king is rivals to the church state the state nation of god jesus amlahu who who has been ruling this this entire city this entire world for many many years but now the the king has come up with the perfect plan the plan to end this this war and it's not through through battle is through is through propaganda secular propaganda it started on the tv then the books then the news anchors and the celebrities no one really believed anymore and with less people to believe the rival nation had had less bearings on the world so of course this this king wins but he doesn't win by battles or knives or fighting or or strife he he wins by having a solid control over the people he dictates i like how this is still the uh, the planet of bronze mm-hmm. um which now has secular propaganda <laughs> on tv with celebrities and such mm-hmm Hey, listen, even though it is made of bronze, that doesn't mean that people can't have a good time. You know, I mean, I think as long as there is as long as there is civilization, there will be TV. That's right. That is it's a one to one ratio. Um, well, I hope that the people of that planet do the right thing and turn the TVs off. Mm, that would be the, the right thing to do. Or you could tune in to Channel 3 and watch the local news.